Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling episode of the Duo Sense Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the great, the amazing, the terrifying Johnny. <laughs> What's up, guys? Unnecessary Johnny, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you know what I think of every time I do like the intro? When I do the mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I think of um. Do you know that Missy Elliott song that starts no. with that? It goes, Which one? Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, it's a Jazzy Fizzle production. How old is that thing? Miss Ed? You know what I'm talking about like now? 15 years old. The princess is here, Sierra, this be... You know what I'm talking about now, right? Yeah, that's probably like 2007. No, earlier. That's, I was... 2005, man. I was barely entering high school, so I was like 2004, 2005. Hmm. But whenever I do the ladies and gentlemen, I always think of that song. Always. Anyways... We got that nonsense out of the way. Let's dive into this week's news. Now, admittedly, it has been kind of a slower than usual news week. We had all the major stuff, all the major stuff, popped off last week, right? With the Nintendo Direct and the PlayStation State of Play. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like the cool off period, right? We're waiting for our weapons. We're waiting for our weapons to recharge. This is the cool off period. We're still in that cool down period. But there is some things to talk about. Uh, namely, uh, apparently Sony was so enthusiastic, so happy about people responding to the news about the next-gen v- PSVR from last week, that this past week they decided to show off six new games that are coming to PSVR this year for this mo- for the current model of P- PSVR. Not the future, the current one. And they showed six games, three of which I'm like, okay, that looks really cool, and three of which I'm kind of just like, meh. Johnny, how do you? Oh, you saw some of the trailers. What did you think? As do you they think... look, they look good, but I can't play VR. So once I saw them, I kind of just forgot about them, knowing I'm not gonna play them. Were any of them games that look like like? Damn, I wish I could play that. What was the last trailer you saw with the, the multiplayer one? That was what was it called? It had a funny name. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. I'm looking for it. It wasn't Doom. Okay, so. So what do you think of Doom? It's a it's a super old game. Yeah, there, okay, so there's a V. This is I'm getting my information here from Tech Radar. Uh, they have like the full list of the games and the trailers, like all the little little summaries underneath one. There's a Doom Three VR edition coming March 29th, so later this month. It seems weird for them to go back for a game that's literally at this point like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. No, even older, older than that. I'm sorry. This is like Doom Three was like 2004, right? Yeah. 17-year-old game and just put, like, let's just slap VR in there. Let's just put VR in there just because. And I get it because I think you and I talked about this earlier where, like, VR games, we've noticed, are not very, like, graphically intense. Yeah. They tend to be from... I even commented, I'm like, these, a lot of these VR games look like they could have been done on PS2. Mm-hmm. And Doom 3 VR is literally... Doom 3 is literally from that period. Not, I don't think it was on PS2. I think it was on Xbox and PC. But it's from that time period. But you say you play the latest Doom, right? Uh yeah. So does Eternal. this Doom not look intense to you? Does it not? No, nah, this looks way slower. This looks a lot kind of uh, simpler than the Doom Eternal. But did you play Doom Eternal in VR? I don't think Doom Eternal has a VR. One. So well, this being in VR, you don't think it's gonna be kind of terrifying? No, yeah. I mean, the point is not necessarily that Doom is terrifying. You play Doom because of the actual gunplay. It feels good. The actual action feels good. Okay. It looks like it's it's still Doom Three from like seventeen years ago. 
where it looks kind of, uh, uh, I guess in VR, you probably won't notice as much. It'll be more movement maybe. Mm-hmm. But it Doom 3 is, is it's showing its age. So I guess that's why they decided to update with VR because it's probably the perfect game for VR where it's not too graphically intense. It's considered a classic amongst Doom fans. I can I can kind of see it, but at the same time, I just feel like, man, we're way past this. Like, let's we don't need to tread seventeen year old ground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, are you content with the lineup that you saw? Do you think yeah, you there were some games I saw that I liked. Moving on, uh, Song in the Smoke. It was a from, from the little summary here. It says Song in the Smoke. Again, this is from the from Tech, Tech Radar. Song of the Smoke is a new survival game from any developer 17-bit. Looks set to drop players into a beautiful yet deadly world full of monsters and mysteries. Among other tasks, you'll have to hunt beasts by tracking their scent and footsteps, scavenge for food to stave off hunger, and build fires to keep warm. So this kind of reminds me of... Um, there's some survival games out there like The Forest. Have you seen that one, Johnny? No, I haven't. Okay. This kind of gives me like Minecraft vibes, but if Minecraft was less blocky... <laughs> Right. And much more like a traditional PS2, PS3 game, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I saw like you have like a bow and arrow, and you're, you're hunting down like elk or like deer. Yeah. You're striking, like with your VR controls, you're striking flint with, um. what's it called? What's the thing to start fires? You have flint, and you have the other thing. Is it a rock, I guess? No, it's, um, oh man, uh, I forgot. It'll come to me. Which one's which? The flint's like the thin, cheap rock, right? Uh, you're thinking about, it starts with M. Uh, magnesium. Okay. No, okay. Hey, this is more nature. This isn't like the kind you can buy. Oh, okay. It's literally a rock and flint, I think. Cause you strike it and it like, ignites like sparks and stuff. All right. So this looks like kind of, yeah, it's a survival style game. This could be cool. Uh, this one is like, Song of the Smoke seems to be the kind of game where like if I have a long weekend, I have no plans. This seems like the kind of game that I would want to sink into if I have nothing else to really play. Doesn't mean it's not good looking. I'm just saying like, it seems like it would require a, a, a good amount of investment in time, if that makes sense. Because you're building like a shelter, you're trying to survive. This isn't like a one hour and quit it and come back next week kind of game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It feels like this is kind of something you, you do all in one go. And if there's anything left over, you do it the next day maybe. So most VR experiences in my opinion are about an hour or so like that's a good time song of the smoke looks like it's gonna require more of your time than an hour you think you would play these games if they weren't on vr doom 3 no song of the smoke maybe because that could make a good pc game then we have fract that's right fract uh this this one from the video it was a really short trailer it shows like this it, obviously you can't see yourself right so it's all first person yeah but you're like that does look pretty good, right? Yeah, it looks like you're like in a snowy environment. Like your zip line, you have like a zip line. You're like dropping all over the place, and kind of bondage, right? Which one? Fract. It feels kind of like bond, where it's just a bunch of chaos. Sort of, out. yeah, like kind of like die another day kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, where you're just like there's a scene where you're zip lining with one hand, and with the other hand you're just like firing. Yeah, at just enemies. spraying everybody. Yeah, it looks really cool. It looks kind of reminds me of a super hot, which VR, which is another shooter style first person game that one looks really cool not sure how much it's gonna be it just says summer 2021 so it's gonna be a couple months but that one looks really good uh i couldn't i didn't understand the story from the trailer but it looks like it's 
So let me read a little bit from the verb here. It says, developer and dream says, Frax gameplay is fast, exhilarating, and accessible. And all your character's movements, whether you're zip lining or base jumping, will happen seamlessly and fluidly. There's also one-to-one -one ratio grabbable cover and tactile weapon reloading. Knowing you can grab cover, and I guess like, like as a shield or something, that's kind of cool. That's cool, because that means like you don't have to hurt your back trying to bend down behind cover. Yep. Like in a lot of yard games, it physically required to bend down. It says PS5 owners will be pleased to hear that Fract will also benefit from some enhancements when played on Sony's next-gen console. Those who play the game on PS5 can expect improved frame rates, faster load times, and an increased resolution. PS4 and PS4 Pro players will have the same gameplay experience, though. And it's coming out this summer. All right. Sounds good. I, I, that one looks good. Then we got, I expect you, I'm sorry. I expect you to die two. That's two with a number, not two like also. Mm -hmm. The Spy and the Liar. That's like the full title. And I've never played the first one. I saw my cousin Brian, who was our guest last week. I saw him play it once. And it's kind of, this is what much more of a Bond experience, Johnny. Experience where you're kind of messing around with like stuff that's in the room. You're looking through drawers. You're looking for like devices, looking for bombs. Let me read the little blurb here. Four years since the award-winning original I Expect You to Die launched on PSVR back in 2016. The sequel, I Expect You to Die 2, The Spy and the Liar, comes to PlayStation's virtual reality hardware in 2021. Sending you back into the immersive world of espionage and undercover danger, the sequel sees you infiltrating the Zoraxis organization to stop its latest scheme of world dominance. Take advantage of your telekinetic abilities in all new environments and surroundings as you expose a diabolical plot and risk your life for the greater good. So I'll stop reading it there. There's a little bit more. But yeah, it looks it looks alright. It looks okay. This is this is one of those games, Johnny, where I wouldn't really play it if it wasn't in VR. The fact that it's in VR kind of makes it interesting. I saw Brian play it. I kind of want to play it a little bit, sort of. Then we get to Zenith. Zenith is uh, one of Johnny was telling you about. That's like the MMORPG, mm -hmm. first person again, like most of these are. I think most, I don't want to say most people, but a lot of people who have seen the anime Sword Art Online, which is essentially an anime based where this kid gets stuck in a VR world, like an MMO, okay. and he can't escape until he beats the game. I think this is kind of like the thing where we want, where you hear like an MMO, you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is the VR experience we've been, like, we, this is the VR experience that a lot of us have been wanting. But I looked at the game, I saw the trailer, and it looks very bland. It doesn't look that great, honestly. And you said you couldn't put that much time into it, right? More than an hour or so? Personally, I can't play VR for longer than maybe like an hour. Uh, I can do more than an hour, but it's not going to be pleasant. I'll get, like, my head will start hurting after a while. I kind of acclimated myself to being able to play an hour. An MMO set in VR sounds like it's going to take a lot of time investment. Uh-huh. So this would be only, for, I think, for the most hardcore VR players or someone who really wants like that sword art online experience. But the art, the art style, the trailer just overall kind of didn't do enough to sell me on it. Yep. It looks very bland. It, yeah, it looks anime-esque, but it's just, uh, I need a little more edge. I wanted some more edge from it, some better textures. But what is it, though? What is the gameplay, though? Uh, well, like I said, it's a first-person RPG. Like, you're going out. It's, like, active. You're not really taking turns. You're, like, actively attacking. You're using magic. You're using your weapons. Let me read a little blurb here just to kind of elaborate a little further. 
It says, you wouldn't associate a VR game with being an MMORPG. I mean, I just explained why you would, but okay. But that's exactly what Zenith promises to be. Inspired by developer Ramen VR's love of anime, Zenith takes place in a vibrant world that's full of adrenaline-pumping action and adventure gameplay. That remains to be seen. The game features handcrafted environments that include everything from lush canopies to crystal clear lakes. That remains to be seen. Along with the hyper-futuristic city of Zenith itself, the game takes place generations after an event. Okay, so that kind of tells you more about the setting. Uh, you can use your hands to climb practically anything in Zenith. That's kind of cool, actually. Including towering skyscrapers and discover secret areas as you search for hidden treasure. You'll need to keep an eye on your stamina, though, or risk plummeting to the depths below mid-climb. <laughs> so make sure you plan your climb well ahead. Zenith will also let you soar through clear blue skies using the game's gliding system, which allows you to quickly travel to distant areas of the map. Throw in an immersive combat system that's only possible in VR, so that's what I was telling you about, like, where it's action-oriented kind of gameplay. According to the developer, and you've got the ingredients for an intriguing VR game that marries MMORPGs, anime, and virtual reality. So this pitch sounds much better than what I saw. <laughs> There's kind of some... Clearly some kind of disconnect between me and yeah, the Yeah, when, when you were reading that, it did sound kind of fun. But not when Versus I Versus when you told me it was just bland. <laughs> well, you know, everything's a, everything's in the eye of the beholder, right? So I guess if anybody's interested in just an MMO experience in VR, it might be worth checking out. I would, I would wait for reviews, though. I would wait for some reviews. Then we got, I think, the last one, After the Fall. Which I believe this is the one Johnny that you said you did see, where it's like where they're in the mall with the frozen zombies and stuff. The multiplayer one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. co-op, yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. From the creators of Arizona Sunshine Virgo Games, After the Fall is a co-op fast action FPS set in a post-apocalyptic world that sees your fighting for survival. Sees your fighting for survival. That doesn't sound right. You play as one of four heroes tasked with fighting off the snow breed, ferocious undead creatures roaming the frozen remains of an alternate 1980s LA. Okay, so it's LA. I, I told you when I saw that trailer, I thought it was like Vegas or something. You and your friends have to keep a cool head while trying to fend off these hordes of packed creatures, but you'll want to keep an eye and ear out for some of the more dangerous types. Okay, so basically, this is like, yeah, if you made. Uh, left Left for Dead, but you just had the whole setting be ice and snow. Yep. And the zombies are snow zombies, and the giant monsters are giant snow monsters. All right. First person co-op. This seems cool. Um, I guess this is the only game. This is one of the games that I would definitely want to play, but it seems like it would be more fun with people you actually know, and therefore you have to hope that your friends also have VR. Mm, good point. So that would be the one barrier to having the most fun, I think. Unless you're okay with, I'm assuming, playing with randos. Do you have to have VR to play all VR games? Yes. The game won't start if you don't have the VR headset. Really? Okay. Yeah. Especially if it requires, like, motion control. Because that's something I would play, but I don't have VR. Well, you can always play uh, Back for Blood when that comes out. But kind of, I can't, I thought you said I couldn't play it without VR. Back for Blood's a different game, Johnny. It's a new one. It's like the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, remember? <laughs> so that wraps up those six games uh the future of vr looks pretty bright um some of these look actually pretty good like these don't look like like what we saw at the start of vr where it was kind of just like kind of you know mailed it like kind of 
packaged uh, half, you know, experiences. These look like full-fledged actual games, not just like little one-hour demos. Have you played a Farpoint? No. I haven't, but that's one of the latest releases for PlayStation Plus. I don't know if you picked that up. No. Okay. I haven't had time to read it. Because I do want to see you give me a review for Farpoint. Okay, I can do that. Point. I can do that. Does it? Do you know if it requires like a gun like, gun controller thing, or can I use a regular wand? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. But now that it's on, that it's on the Plus is the reason I'm bringing it up. Okay. John, are you finally going to download Final Fantasy VII now that it's on PlayStation Plus? No. No. What? I I want to play it on the PS5, so I'm going to have to wait. It's going to take a while. What about, what was the other one, Remnant? Did you try that one? I thought it was kind of lame, dude. I had high hopes for it, but I... Give me the summary, because I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know the summary for it. It just looks like you're fighting a bunch of demons, and it's kind of kind of have a oh, western vibe. Oh, was it. this the one that I saw last week when I was looking mm-hmm. at my phone? The yeah. uh, the looter one. The yeah. it's like blood like bloodborne or whatever. But yeah, it's on PS Plus as well. Ah oh, man. Yeah, I was hoping it was gonna be good because I wanted you to I wanted you to jump online with me, but it doesn't look that good. No, I don't like the mechanics. I don't like the aesthetics. I don't, yeah, I like the art style. Uh, when you when you stop for a cutscene, it, it feels very robotic. Like, uh, I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I'll have to check. Uh, I might still check it out anyway, just because somewhat curious. And I'm willing to try any game at least once. Moving on, Johnny. Moving on. Still got Switch? That's right. We have some Switch news. So, last week, in the last week, we seen. We've had rumors about a new Switch ever since, like, the first Switch launch. Like, like oh, we're going to get, like, a better version of the switch later on but only in the last week or so had those like rumors like intensified and that's because of a story that comes from bloomberg uh by takashi mochizuki and the story seems to imply let me read this here i'm gonna read a little bit i'm gonna read all of it nintendo company plans to unveil a model of its switch gaming console equipped with a bigger samsung oled display this year Hoping the larger touchscreen can prop up demand in time for the holidays, people familiar with the plan said. Samsung Display Company will start mass production of the 7-inch 720p resolution OLED panels as early as June, with an initial monthly target of just under a million units, said the people who asked not to be identified discussing internal matters. And then it kind of just goes on from there. Nintendo refuses to comment. Uh, let me move on. I want to get to where the stats are because it's like a little bit further in the article. The, so this is the release of a more premium version of Nintendo Switch console with an OLED display and support for 4K graphics for the holiday 2021 selling season. Could drive the company's sales above consensus for the fiscal year ending March 2022. And extend the life cycle of the Switch platform for many more years, says Matthew Canterman and Nathan Naidu, who are analysts that Bloomberg spoke with. I'm trying to find the... Oh, here we go. Okay, so this is what I was looking for. The OLED panel will consume less battery, offer higher contrast, and possibly faster response time when compared to the Switch's current liquid crystal display, or LCD, said Yoshio Tamura, co-founder of Display Consultancy, DSCC. Nintendo decided to go with rigid OLED panels for the new model, the people said a cheaper but less flexible alternative to the type commonly used for high-end smartphones. 
The latest model will also come with 4K ultra high definition graphics when paired with TVs. So this is they mean when it's docked, because a switch. Right now, like my switch you see here, Johnny, is in handheld mode, but as a separate thing, like where you dock it and you put it in, yeah. and at that point, it actually uses more power because it's plugged directly directly into the wall. That could, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah, that could intensify a long-standing complaint of developers who have struggled with the difference in resolution between handheld and TV modes, and now face a bigger gap between the two. So there's a little more on this, but I kind of got the stuff that I wanted to to cover out of the way if anyone wants to read the rest of this article you can find it on bloomberg on you know their website news website so johnny now i know you're not like a huge nintendo switch fan obviously but what do you think about the complaint about how the current switch isn't powerful enough for like developers in terms of like them wanting to do better you know more beautiful or i guess you could say more graphic intensive games on the switch is that is that something that you think would attract you if you had the money or not if they were able to put better performing games into the switch well i don't think well no because i think nintendo's never really had an issue with are the switch saying, has no it has no shortage of great games in my opinion no i think they have good games but are you saying would I be interested if it was more aesthetically pleasing? On Going a, forward, on yeah. A stronger device, yeah. I I don't think I would. Uh, how much is the Switch going for right now? Uh, this one. Oh, so this I have the regular one. The regular one I think is still at three hundred. I rather invest that into PS Five games. No. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's up to you. Can say yes or no. It's up to you. Uh, I just, you know, the gaming, the games, the, the quality of games and the type of games you get on PlayStation are not the same that you would get on Nintendo, right? No, they're not, but I don't have much incentive to have a Switch. It's not like I have this giant family I could play those games with. The only p- people I could play that, those games with are are you right now, but I, I'd rather just invest those games on the PS5 games and then we can do Coach Co-op that way, you know? Okay. Okay, so but Smash not, Brothers, Mario Golf, Pokemon, Zelda. See, the only games I would be into is Smash Brothers and Mario Party. Uh, Mario Kart, uh, I, I don't like the new versions. Uh, I don't think the Smashes are as good as the old ones, like the 64 version. So for me to jump into this console generation for Nintendo doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Do you think it makes sense uh, for Nintendo at this point to kind of take a leap in the sense where they they have a tried and proven method? You know, the, the old adage goes that if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And Switch has sold phenomenally year after year after year ever since it came out. Like, Nintendo's not hemorrhaging money by any, by any you know, by any means. Yeah. And they've had a hugely successful last year where they had Animal Crossing, which is like the best-selling Switch game now, I believe. Only maybe behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Okay. And they seem to be doing extremely well. Like, they have, you know, everything financially has been going great for them. Does it make sense now to be like, you know what? We need more power. We need better resolution. Is that like a worthwhile investment, you think? Or like, what do they see there? Because... Traditionally, Nintendo has never been the console like to compete with PlayStation and Xbox. It's always been kind of like your. If it, if I could use the analogy for guns, 
Xbox or PlayStation is your primary, while yep. the Nintendo would be like your secondary. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have one of the big ones, and then Nintendo was like that's like your side one. Well, since you have a Switch, how how do you feel about playing these games? Do you just kind of get fed up with lower tier graphics, or I don't mind it because I know when I'm going to play a Nintendo game, I'm not expecting like the best visuals, the highest quality. What about frame rates? I'm expecting that play a really fun game. Frame rates, uh, okay. There's some games here and there that do have kind of like a little choppy, a little choppiness. Latency. Do you deal with that? That would go along, I think, with frame rate with a little choppiness a little bit. Okay. But that's only with the really graphically intense, by Nintendo Switch definition of graphically intense games, they have that issue. So like, Pokemon plays fine. There's very little slowdown. Since you have... Since Smash Brothers experiences a little slowdown when there's too much chaos going on screen. Okay, is there anything that would incentivize you to upgrade? I mean, I would have to see the price. And also, I would have to see if the new Switch would lock me out of certain games that can only play on the new Switch. If it locks me out of playing certain games, I might have to get it. They kind of did this with the 3DS also, where there was a 3DS and then there was the new 3DS. That's literally what was called the new 3DS. Where it had like five or six games that you could not play on the regular 3DS because it required the extra... The boost. The CPU, I guess you could say. Extra computations. Okay. So, if the new Switch that they're coming out with has, like, exclusive games to that model, that's going to kind of suck. Because then that means, like, f- like screw it. Like, I'm going to have to get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Depends on what those games are, of course, right? Within reason. But if it's the same thing, like, it's, same, it's playing the same games just with higher perform. Like, I could say it has, like, better visuals. Mm-hmm. If it's, like, comparing the PS4 to the PS4 Bro- Pro, then I'm fine with my Switch. If that's what the difference is. The battery life isn't that much of an issue for me because even though I mostly play it handheld, I it uses the same charger as my phone charger, which I almost always have with me. Yep. So that's not a huge issue for me. So what if it did all of that stuff that you wanted it to do, except it sounds like a jet engine? Nah, I would not want. No, no, <laughs> you don't want that shit. no. Are you talking about about the PS4? Is that one? Yeah, the the pro. It's about to launch off into space. Yeah. Give it, send it to Elon. Like, here's a, here's my candidate for the SpaceX program. This PS4. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I feel like okay. So the original Switch came out in 2016. Is it said right? 2016, or was it 2017? I forgot which. So it's been like at least four to five years. I think we're about due for a new model. I'm just really hoping that it doesn't like. I think Nintendo's smart enough to not have this replace their actual Switch. Or this is going to be kind of like the PS4, PS4 Pro. Or PS4 Pro didn't just make the regular PS4 like obsolete completely. So, that's my take on it. Uh, depending on the price, I might spring for it. If it's way more than 300 then I'll probably not. I'll just, I'll, just suck. I'll just tough it out. Anything more? You no, I'm just kind of surprised you're willing to pay about 300 to 350 to upgrade. Right? No, I definitely think that's not, what three, you said. Not, not 350. It better be 300 or less or else I'm not buying. And that's only on the condition of it not having uh, exclusive games. So, that is my bit on that. Moving on, Johnny. What's next on the... What other news? So, we got controls. <laughs> that's right. We have controls. A specific control patent filed by Sony 
Uh, and this news is coming from Games Radar, although there's you know other sites reporting the same news. Games Radar says Sony files patent to help you use bananas as PS5 controllers. Now, if you've seen the image of this patent, you'll know exactly why I find it so funny. If not, just try to imagine somebody has two hands and they're physically holding a banana between both hands and like it's like a serious patent with like the numbers and everything. It's like you're trying to patent a banana. But the banana has like the the cross button and the triangle button overlaid on it. So really what the patent is, it's not really for bananas, as funny as that would be. Um, it's actually for, let me see if I can find the actual wording. Uh, uh, here we go. So it says, it would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. The description with the original patent file reads, the present disclosure seeks to address or at least alleviate some of the above identified problems. Furthermore, Sony's solution to this problem is a non-luminous passive object being held by a user. So it doesn't have to be a pencil. I mean, it doesn't have to be a banana. It's, it goes on and says, and it could be an item like a pen, an orange, a pencil, or even a banana. So I'm trying to imagine like holding an orange, like which is basically just a ball, a sphere. I wonder if they... If they can only just be simple shapes. Non-luminous passive object being held by a user. So as long as it's not shiny or reflective. Okay. And I imagine that's because it would probably mess with the sensors and stuff. Okay, so I'm assuming you can probably use like an old control, like an old N64 control. That would be interesting, but I'm trying to figure out how it would like superimpose the buttons on top of the N64 buttons. That, that would be kind of confusing, I think. I don't think it's gonna do all that, but just, just that. Shape, you could make you know, the N sixty four controller. What if you just like drew one on a piece of paper and you just cut it out, and then you just hold it for it to like scan it like as a controller. <laughs> you have like a paper controller. Well, what's dope about it is that they might be able to sell like super cheap, like configurations. Like they might be able to sh sell you like a gun, you know, and it has it already mapped out, so it, like it recognizes it like very easily. So. You can probably buy like a gun for ten bucks. You this know? would be dope if I still had my old airsoft guns. Yeah, I could superimpose buttons on the like art, like a reload button and like a shoot button. That'd be dope. But I mean, but what I mean is that they can sell you something where they already know what the standard is. You know, mm -hmm. and like, what would you want? Like a sword, right? Like a long uh, sword would be cool, but it'd be weird for a sword to have buttons. I think. Why? Well, it's a fighting game, right? I would use like a potato. Potato would be cool. Why well, potato? You like the texture? Yeah, potatoes feel good. Mm. Would you use like an eggplant, Johnny? Would you want to play with eggplant? No, I was gonna ask you. What other textures are you? What you be into? Uh, something that's like velvety would be nice, I guess. Velvety? Yeah. A little fuzzy. Yeah, a fuzzy controller would be fun. All right. <laughs> no, you don't think so? No, I, I I'll stick to. To like an old sixty four control. That would be cool. That would be cool if you could go back and like breathe new life into your old controllers. Yeah. And it just like superimposes new buttons on those controllers and just detects when you push them. That would be really cool. That would be honestly the N sixty four is like probably one of my favorite controllers of all time. So playing, I imagine this would only work with PSVR though. Like this wasn't be like 
Otherwise, how would it sense and detect the thing you're using, right? Why is this VR? Because how else would the would the system know what you're using as the object to superimpose the buttons? Well, that's why I was asking if it's only could like very simple shaped objects. I think so. I think it just says that the only says so Sony's solution to this problem is a non-luminous passive object being held by a user. Okay. So that could be anything, really. Maybe so, a cookie. I don't know. A cookie. A cookie, uh, a PSP, imagine, that'd be dope. A PSP? Mm-hmm. Okay, I could see that. Literally, the options are limitless. I could see... What would you think would be the applications for this kind of tech, Johnny, though? Like, if you wanted to play... Well, yeah, it depends on the game. Like, I, I want a gun, right? Okay. Or maybe a steering wheel. Mm, uh, okay. What else? Um... I'm just trying to think what kind of game would you have to play where it's like, you need an extra controller. No, not the DualSense controller. You have to use another controller. Like I'm like, mm, like why would I? Want? Okay. Like scan a controller in for somebody else to play maybe. I don't know. It just seems really funny how it just has a banana. I'm like, okay, banana controller, whatever. It's giving me like Ape Escape vibes or something. Or but what kind of games are gonna require something that where the inputs are that simple, like? chest like a party game maybe something where you like to like buzz in maybe alright like a chance or something I don't know uh alright you know what I'm saying like something that doesn't have too much input yeah anyways but it it looks like it's gonna have at least 10 inputs right it's keeping track of all your fingers oh okay yeah 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 yeah. right 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 yeah I was like what 10 I'm like where did you read that but yeah yeah your fingers that makes sense well Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to use your pinky and stuff, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, maybe. It's going to have to, I imagine it would have to be VR so it can actually detect what the fingers, like it knows what fingers look like, right? So it knows like, you know, this finger is overlapping this button and therefore that's registered as an input, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, or maybe different signs. It'll recognize like the peace sign, you know? Okay. Like maybe peace will mean open the door or something, whatever. Peace? Yeah. Open sesame. All right. Interesting. So that... Kind of wraps up all of our major news. Like I said, not a major news, a slow week for news, but those are the three main stories I found. Looking at the at the banana filing, Johnny reminds me of the I showed you earlier the Sony Patent Buddy, where it's literally it looks like a dust, it looks like a ball of dust with arms and legs and eyes. The what was it called? says Sony Patents robotic gaming companion that reacts to your emotions. And it's like the picture is like this little fuzzy guy that sits next to you on the couch. And it just looks like I don't know, it looks like those like chicken nuggets from McDonald's, like they had like little personalities. Mm-hmm. Looks kind of funny. I wonder who the guy is who's responsible for drawing all these patent applications. <laughs> He's like, last time you had me draw a fuzzy guy, now you want me to draw a banana. It's like, what's going on, Sony? What's going on? And of course, not all this stuff gets used, right? We might not even ever get to see this control technology. Some of the times these things get patented, like the little like the little robotic guy, and they just don't get used. They just get patented because, like, hey, we got the, we thought of this idea first. So we will see in the future if this if the banana controller bears any fruit. Okay. Pun intended. All right, Andrew. You don't like my dad joke? You don't like my dad joke? Uh, it's okay. It's pretty good. All right, cool. All right, Johnny, what do we have next on the itinerary? Well, what games are you playing? 
Oh, that's right. Did you want to go first or want me to go first? You go first. Give me a rest for my mouth. A what? So you go first. Give my give me time to like rest my jaw from speaking. I'm not playing a whole lot. I tried to get into uh, Monster Hunter, and I mounted my first dragon. I don't know. I could do that. It's kind of automatic. But I think I'll give it a couple more hours before I decide to to keep playing or the chuck it. The fact that you were able to mount the dragon that in your mind extend like the I was about to give this up, and now it's like, oh, okay, you bought another two hours of my interest, kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I like the multiplayer, and I just realized like it has mics because I was talk <laughs> I was talking I was yelling at the shit all the time, right? <laughs> And then until somebody finally was like, hey, what's up, dude? And I'm like, oh, this shit actually works. Wait, so, were you yelling at the monster or who were you yelling at? Just cussing. Like, just cussing. Like, just saying, like, hey, motherfuckers, like, if you can hear me, I need, <laughs> I need some help. And that, nobody would ever speak. That, yeah, that's the greeting you want to respond to. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's kind of dull without that, that mic, without that aspect. But you found somebody who was willing to... Somebody was like, you. yeah, yeah, I got you, dude. Um, so that gives me, gives us some longevity for me to keep going. And, um, that's about it. Like, and there's also, some... are you still using the daggers or are those still like your main weapon? Yeah. I think I'm going to go for the long sword. Long sword's better. And I need a gun. I need something where I could shoot. There's only two of them, right? Two guns? Uh, is there two guns? Well, there's like different ones, like there's like different models because you make them from different monster parts. Okay. Well, I gotta try the long sword and then try one of those gun things. Oh See yeah, there's like two. Those. There's the auto crossbow one, yes. and then there's like the actual gun gun one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ran into. I think it's a glitch where every time I go forge something, I I create it, I forge it, I upgrade it, I go play, I turn off the PS, and then I go back into it again to play again. And all that work I did with the upgrades is just gone. So I don't know if it's a glitch or if I'm screwing something up, but it's getting pretty annoying having to upgrade everything again. I'll have to check that out, It's man. It's kind of a game breaker. I'll have to check that out because it's probably something just really simple or something. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know there was a more custom sets than I actually have aside from my armor. I told you. Because the guy, the dude that actually started speaking on the mic, when I first saw him, I was I was in the middle of a battle, and then this dude comes in, just fucking everything up, right? Like in a good way, fucking <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> and I and then I and then I turn around, and I realize like there's a fucking snowman fighting next to me. <laughs> so so what is that? Is that like DLC or is that in that's, the game? Okay, that sounds like it's probably from like the. Uh, the Iceborne thing. Oh, uh, okay. That sounds like it's probably DLC. But there is different sets of armor you can buy in the game. Like, there's one... I mean, you can make in the game, like... The last time I played... Like, mini spoilers. Like, the final, final boss of the core game... Yeah. Is a giant crystal dragon. It's a oh. giant crystal dragon. Okay. If you slay it enough times, you get to, like, you know, make, like, crystal gear. And when you're fully suited up with a crystal gear, you look, you look really dope. You look really dope. You look like a giant crystal, like, angel creature thing. All right. So I'm not sure if that's the one you saw or if you literally saw one that looks more like a snowman, like Frosty. No, it was like a short, like, stubby little round snowman. Okay, that's probably the Palico then, no? His, his Palico? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> that's what it sounds like, a Palico. 
yeah, and you just like decked be... out with gear. Yeah. If I do end up like in this game, I'm probably gonna get the uh, DLC for Kratos and Aloy from Horizon. Wait, there's Kratos DLC? Yeah. The costumes. I know there was Aloy one. I didn't know there was Kratos. Really? Yeah. And then I know there's a Ryu one too. I'm assuming it's Kratos and the Palico as Atreus. That would be very fitting. Yeah. And then for Aloy, I guess it could be like her little robot, like one of the little creatures you mount or something. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's what I saw for the trailer. Did you see you can also play as Ryu? There's a Ryu costume. In that? In Monster Hunter, yeah. No, I didn't see that. He oh. has his own special emote where he does like the sure you can. Huh. That's uh, really cool. So that's what I'm playing on. Well, I'm still playing a little bit of Fortnite. How's that going along? How's the season pass going? I didn't get the season pass. But you uh, still get stuff that's like free every now and then, right? Yeah, you, you still get a couple like of the, those things. We call it the V-Bucks. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't Fortnite, I probably would be playing COD. But again, I can't do first person. Nah, Johnny. You need uh, to get over that, you know. I, I won't, I'm not going to be able to. It's like a baker saying, oh, I can't do like wheat. It's like, well, that locks you out of a lot of different things I, you can bake. I, you don't have to do VR. Or first person. I didn't say VR. I just said first person. So... What I, I'm really looking forward to is, uh, what is it, Factions from The Last of Us? <sighs> if we ever get it. If it ever gets announced officially. <laughs> well, at least we're probably going to get that Alien game. Uh, what is it called? Alien Fire Team. Fire Team. That looks dope with uh, three players. Mm -hmm. Is it Fire Team or Fire Squad? It's one uh, of those. Uh, fire. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But that looks cool. Um, that's all I'm playing right now. What do you... I'm playing three different games. I'm kind of juggling. Well, it's really like four because I always play Call of Duty in the background. But really, I'm juggling. Uh, I have Valkyria Chronicles Four on PS4. Is one that's the main game I'm playing right now. It's a. It's you would probably like it, Johnny, because it's closer to XCOM, I think, than anything else. Where you control a you control a small like militia slash army unit. What is it like RTS? For the most part, yeah, because you have to move units around on the field. In turn, you take turns moving the units around the field, and then they have like a certain range depending on what their guns are. Like if they're snipers, they have like crazy range, but then they have like really low health. Do they fight like Final Fantasy? No, the like you actually have to be accurate. Like if your bullets don't actually hit, like they'll count as misses. All right. So Valkyria Chronicles for those who haven't played it, uh, it's like a it's set in an alternative version of World War Two, mm -hmm. where like. The the allies that are called are considered called like the Federation, and it's like a it's not set in our world. It's set like in a fictional fantasy version of Europe, where like they have tanks and stuff. They haven't figured out planes yet. Planes aren't a thing yet, but they have tanks that run on like electricity, kind of. And then you have these grenades that you use like electricity. It's kind of like steampunkish. Think of World War Two, steampunk, RTS RPG. Uh, it's a lot. It's so a lot of systems, or what do you mean? But with it lot? being kind of RTS, is it it's turn based? So you you get one turn, and in your turn, there's a there's a limit, there's a certain amount of moves you can make, and you have to spread your moves amongst your different people. You can put, you can make it so one person uses up all of your commands for that one turn, or you can make it so like each person gets at least one command, so they each do something else. But you get a certain amount of moves, okay? Each, when if you attack some, as soon as you move, uh, like a person or whatever, like you can go, there's a certain, each unit has like a certain length, right? Like snipers can't move that far, but you're like, your guys who have like, uh, we call it 
your scouts, which are the ones that have like the they use like the one shot rifles, like where you have to like tap the each time you fire. Yeah. They have like by far like the most like steps for walking. And so anyway, so you're playing as this federation, which is basically kind of represents like what England and you know the allies against this empire, which is basically like the Axis forces, right? They they kind of represent Germany during World War Two. Right. And you have to like push back their forces, and it's it's kind of like a strategy where you have to like, okay, like this is the map. Beyond this point is where you can like deploy your troops and you can like choose like whatever configuration you want. Like you want maybe you want two shock troopers, maybe you want like three snipers, or you want someone with a mortar. So you have different units who each have like a different class, right? And then you can some of the units have a certain abilities that are either negative or positive. Like, hey, this guy is a womanizer. If you put him next to like female units, like he'll he'll perform better because he wants to show off. Or hey, this person comes from the country. Like, they do better, like, traveling on grass and dirt than they do, like, on pavement. So, like, little things like that. Like, there's, like, different quirks for each character. And then you can build bonds with those characters. Like, if you use a character enough times, you'll unlock, like, a secret, like, side mission for them. Where if you complete it, like, they unlock, like, new stats and stuff. Sounds like I would like this. It's really cool. And it's completely third person, Johnny. It's completely third person. Even the shooting mechanics aren't third person. Unless you're sniping, because sniping doesn't make sense if it's not in first person. So you get to use a tank. You have like an APC, which is like an armored personnel carrier. You have, to, you have all these resources, and it's like sometimes it's as simple as like take the enemy base or like w- don't lose anybody for like five turns or something like that. So does it look like a giant skirmish or is it more stealthy? It's a little bit of both because there's maps where there's like a lot of chaos where like this is like trench warfare. Like you have like so many units on each side. And there's like stealth missions where it's like, hey, you can only deploy two people because we're like infiltrating this base or whatever, and like you can't have more than that because then you draw attention. So like there's different maps, there's different like objectives. It's not just oh kill everybody. There's some of the easy, some of like the the my favorite ones are the ones where you don't have to kill anybody. You just have to get to the target, and if you don't kill anybody, you can get like a special bonus at the end. Mm-hmm. So there's like different objectives. There's different ways of going about it. But for me, the way I play it, I just I just play it just to get from like next stage to the next stage. Like I don't really go for the special like optional stuff, because I just want to play the game and just experience it really. But yeah, Valkyrie Chronicles Four on PS Four. It's also on Switch and PC. Brian has it on PC. That's how I first heard about it. Really awesome game. I recommend it. On Switch right now, um, I'm playing a game called Bravely Default Two, which is a RPG. JRPG from, uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's Square Enix. So the same people who do Final Fantasy. The art style kind of reminds me of Precious Moments, where it's like very small, cutesy characters. Probably not your thing, Johnny. Again, turn-based. You don't really make contact with the enemy. You kind of just slash at the air. and then you see, fail. And you see the numbers pop up on the other end. Yeah, I can't with those games. I love RPGs. I don't know why. They're just like my favorite genre. So that's why I'm playing on Switch. Uh, and then on Vita, I'm still playing my PS Vita. Right now on Vita, I am playing Final Fantasy IV, which is... Why are you still on Vita? I like Vita because one, it still has trophies. <laughs> and two, because I have a lot of games on Vita that I just never got around to playing because I always played my DS instead. So I bought. I would buy games for my Vita and then not play them because I would play something else. And so now I'm kind of trying to make up for that. Tackle the backlog a bit. Yeah. 
So I'm making an active effort to play a little bit of everything. Because I have a lot huge backlog and I don't know when I'm gonna get a PS5. So if I get a PS5, there's no way I'm gonna ever catch up on my backlog. So I might as well get this out of the way, so to speak. I really just wanna try as many different gaming experiences as possible. So you got a bunch of different genres on Vita? Mm, on V yeah. There's um Actually no, they're mostly RPGs, really. <laughs> I just love RPGs. And then, of course, I always play Warzone with uh, Brian and some of the guys. I always play Warzone. That's Warzone, for me, is like your Fortnite, where it's like the the game you play when you want to socialize. That's kind of a big reason why I play Fortnite. Because I, I don't think Fortnite is that great of a game, but it's cool to just get on there and talk to random-ass people. And yeah. And listen to them say the most random shit. Yeah, when I play either Warzone or Cold War with the guys, I'm not really, like... I mean, I'm not trying to lose either, but I'm not there for, like, you know what? Like, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that, and then you guys better stick to the plan. Oh, I'm trying to do both. I mean, I'm not... That like never... That, what's that but, saying? That the, the, the plan never survives contact or whatever? There's, like, a saying like that, where, like, the perfectly conceived plan, like, is only useful until it doesn't work. Uh, But we're talking about games... Yeah. Like video games, in like in Fortnite, when I land about one minute in, I can tell if we're gonna win this pretty good chance because you start seeing. You already know party. after the first minute. Yeah, because every because. What if it's like fifty fifty still? What do you mean fifty fifty? Are you wait, are you talking about like in squads or are we playing like fifty? Well, yeah, versus in 50? squads, in squads. Oh okay. okay. Yeah, because I you could tell once you land about the first minute, two minutes, because once you jump out the bus. Everybody coordinates on, like, we're going to land right here. And when they all land there, you're kind of like, all right, this might be a good team. And then they all have mics. It really ups your your chances of winning. Is that because you guys have, like, you just have the numbers on your side? Yeah, because we have the numbers and the coordination. Because I'm thinking if you all land in the same area, to me that means, like, oh, there's competition for better loot if there's more friendlies in the same area. Like, we're going to... The overall unit's going to be weaker because... The best weapons are probably going to go to, like, one or two people. No. Well, we'll, we tend to land, like, in a city, you know? So there's a bunch of buildings where there's a ton of loot. Okay, you want to take, like, a quadrant kind of thing? But the proximity is pretty close. It's like, you take this house, you take that one. Okay, The proximity is close enough. And then, so, when they all have mics and they all start saying, like, Hey, dude, come over here. I got some, like, jugs. Or, uh, I found this weapon. They start marking out the weapons. Or they, they say, hey, the enemy's over there. So you can tag them. Um, is there usually like uh, psychology has kind of shown this where like when people are put into groups that usually one dominant personality comes out on top as the so to speak de facto leader when you're playing Fortnite like do you do you vie for that position or is there just naturally like someone comes up and just whoever talks the most is just like the de facto leader of the squad like what are the group dynamics exactly for you when you play like do you get mad like oh I want to be the one who like tells us what to do well, there's a ton of variables. Like, when you see their, their stats, they'll have, like, oh, this dude is level 50, this dude is level 120, whatever. So that's the first thing I look at. Like so there's, like, a hier- uh, hierarchy? Yeah, so so if I see somebody with, like, way higher stats than me, um, I tend to, like, jump out the bus, and I'm like, I'm going to follow that guy, you know? So he knows. He looks like he knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, he looks like he knows. And then if he's got a mic, a lot of times they're talking a lot, and you can hear them do like a little intro. And it's like, 
Oh, this dude has a YouTube channel. He has a following. I tend to follow those guys. Cause well, they he are... shout out his. We shout out like his like. His sometimes bio? I do it. Yeah, sometimes I do it. But I tend to follow those guys too because it looks like they they know what they're doing. They're like, do you listen? Like, do you listen to somebody? And like, oh, they're clearly talking to like their audience they're streaming to or something. Like yeah. That? Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird because. Like what? Like you respond to all the things, like, and he's like, "I'm not talking to you." I'm like, oh, <laughs> like that. Well, it's 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 kind of weird because, like, they have a following, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like this dude playing this game, and they're like, you're kind of unwillingly being recorded, you know. It's oh, a little yeah. bit odd, but uh, yeah, that's how I. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy playing Fortnite because of all these little conditions. Of like, hey, let's let's see who's gonna be the the baddest fucking dude in the squad, and then and then is there like usually like a like a like a plan? Like, is it like a stick to the fringes of the storm and just try to stay ahead of it, or is it like be his head straight for the center and just you know hold off everybody? I think that I think Honestly, that happens just... when when you have like direct friends, like people that you know in real life, mm-hmm. where you coordinate in that way, like, hey, let's just stick to the fringes. But if they're kind of like random. But they're good. That's that's the the time where somebody is like the tip of the spear, you know. Mm-hmm. And whatever he does, it's just like let's just follow him. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Usually when I play Warzone, I do. Uh, if I'm playing solos, I'll stick to the fringes. I'll stick. I'll, I'll just stay just ahead of the storm. Yeah, I'll do that too. But if it's with the group, then we'll usually like land like somewhere like smack dab in the middle of the map. Yeah. Because that way, if there's confrontation, it happens immediately, and we, like, set the tone. And if we lose, then we don't waste that much time. We just get to another lobby right away. I definitely feel that way, because I'll land with a group, and, like like I said, oh, we know in a minute or, or two, whatever. It's because we'll land in the city where it's a shitload of people, and it does set the tone. It's like, are you guys going to survive this shit or not? Right? And... If we survive, then great. We're off to a good start. If not, don't waste my time. We'll start another one right exactly. away. Exactly. Yeah, I got yeah. you. It's like, you know from the beginning, this this team is shit. I'm glad I didn't continue the, like, the next. <laughs> when I would really need them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. How, I always, yeah, I always, I always find it fascinating how people have like different like approaches and like there's like a different kind of like underlying psychology to like group dynamics in games mm-hmm. like who's the leader, like, because there's other games, like, in MMOs, uh, there's certain MMOs, like, RPGs, where people have certain designated roles, right, you have your healer, your tank, your damage dealer, and then you can tell, like, usually people, like, sometimes, more than often, people want to be the hero, right, they want to be the one that's dealing out the damage, but you need somebody who's there to be the healer, who's, like, the support, who keeps everybody alive, it's not as glorious, because there's not that much action, yeah, but you're like the foundation of your group. You're the one keeping everybody alive. Yeah, I'll take that role sometimes. I'm just support. So, if how does that work in Fortnite? Is there like a support role in Fortnite? No, there isn't. Like everybody's the same class. Okay, yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, curious. but but it depends. If I got a guy that is like really fucking good with like building mats, I'm not as good with mats, right? Oh, okay. So if a dude is really good with mats, I'll just jump on his mats. I'll like I'll combine my mats to his mats and kind of just go wherever he's doing his thing so like cooperative building yeah but i'll if if it's like if i know i'm screwed i'll i'll like hide behind a bush and from a distance i'll like support him because he can't because okay. i saw you do that last time at. i yeah, saw yeah. you do that yeah so i'll like stand by a wall or a, a bush and then i'll tag everywhere that the guy is at and i'll shoot the guy and i'll like divert him all those dynamics are so dope dude 
Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the things I really like when I play like Call of Duty or Warzone. Uh, well, when I say Call of Duty, I mean like the regular multiplayer. But also in Warzone is just how people have different approaches. Some people kind of... Like in Warzone, there's people who will just grab a helicopter and they'll just circle the map and stay in the air until like the last possible minute where they have to finally engage somebody. Like there's no wrong way necessarily to play the game. Mm-hmm. Everyone just kind of... There's people who like they'll go somewhere and they'll just hide and camp until the very end of the map. The, like until they no longer can stay in that one spot, right? Yeah. And it's like there's like risk and there's advantages and disadvantages to each approach. And I just... It's interesting to see how people try to... Uh, for lack of a better term, kind of game the system. But what role do you usually take? Usually, like support, because I'll take all the roles I, I I can. Uh, anything as long as it's not like sniping, because I'm not I I am terrible at sniping. That's not my preferred gaming method. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I play with Brian and the guys, if we do Warzone, I usually I'm and Warzone works a little bit a little bit different, where I actively look for money. Cause you need money to call in for like, um, I'll do, there's like, you know how in Fortnite you had like those optional side stuff where if you give them materials, they'll give you like something cool, right? The, the NPCs in the game. Yeah. Warzone has something similar to that where like you can find like challenges where you, you activate the challenge and it's like, okay, hunt down this person or whatever, or survive being hunted for this amount of minutes, this amount of time. And then you'll get like a nice, nice stack of cash if you survive it. And we have enough cash. You can call. You can get in like perks. You can call. Also a bounty. Yeah, there's like a bounty. Okay. But there's also like a loot system too, though, like where you can do like a scavenger hunt, so to speak, and it'll tell you like go search these three locations and find like the chest in each one of these. Once you've each one of those that you get successfully, you get another bonus of cash. Find like all three of them, and you get like an extra like extra large amount of money. And so in Warzone, if you have enough of money, you can buy like. There's like a thing that like literally brings you back from like dying. There's also another thing where like oh you give all all everybody in your squad has like better damage dealing like weapons now. Like the ammo like the bullets are like some like like armor piercing or something like that. There's a uh, you can literally call in for you can buy back one of your one of your people who's like died completely and you can bring them back from the gulag or whatever. So there's like different things. So I'm usually the person who like just like how you give out materials. I'll ask, like, oh, is somebody trying to buy something that benefits the whole team? If so, like, here's my cash to, you know, okay. go towards that. Um, sometimes you can't, you know how you don't like how you have to, like, scavenge for stuff, right? Yeah. In Warzone, if you have enough money, you can call in, like, a little box, which actually carries your entire loadout from, like, the multiplayer. So you can go, you can call in, and you can, and you can actually pick out exactly the equipment you want for your player at that time. So usually I just I, if I'm if I'm just like the regular grunt just like you know shoot what you know scout out look to see like is there any movement in the distance are we clear if we're good let's move on to the next spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But usually if I'm supporting some way I'm just handing out like here take my money I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like frying that gift like take my money <laughs> you know so that's how I play that. But yeah so those are the three games I played. <laughs> this quickly became a conversation just about multiplayer shooters but yeah I. It's, it was like a fun topic, I guess. Moving on, Johnny, we reach the final segment of our episode, of every episode, what we call the pitch. And again, that's pitch with a P, like porcupine, not the other word that sounds like it. Johnny? I'm going to sit this one out. No, Johnny, don't no. sit it out. Let's do, let's do like every other. You do this one. But we all did it last time. 
Yeah, so we're, we're going to start Fine, fine. All right, all right. I don't know why my jaw hurts. I think it's from talking. Let's see what this one's first. Um, Africa. Hey. What did you say? Nothing. And this one is first third-person shooter. That's pretty simple, no? It's just Call of Duty. Yeah. If I want to make it set in Africa, it's a... All right, maybe a game set during, like, a... No, not Rwanda. That'd be kind of one. <laughs> that would be first-person shooter in in Africa. It's a fir- it could be first or it could be third. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I prefer first, but a first-person shooter in Africa could be something to do with the Congo. Could be something to do with child soldiers, like Metal Gear Solid Five. That's too easy. Um. Well, I just have the genre and the setting. Africa also encompasses like Morocco and uh, Egypt. Okay. Algeria. That's all in Africa. How about... Remember that conversation we had earlier about uh, genetic engineering? No. Yeah, earlier, like a few hours ago. Genetic engineering? Yeah. Is that today? Yeah, that was today. Oh, about the weird spider silk stuff, right? Yeah, spider silk. Yeah. Anyways, what about if it was... Uh, you said it was the Congo, right? It could be. It doesn't have to be. So what if it's the Congo and... You gotta go fight like genetically engineered gorillas. Isn't that a movie called The Congo? I don't know if it's a movie about gorillas. Yeah, there's literally a movie called Congo. Yeah, I've seen it. And it's just about like gorillas. It's pretty fucking good. And there's like a gorilla that talks through like a little, has like a thing. I don't know about that part. They have like a friendly gorilla with them that talks through like this like device on its head. And there's like these evil, like big, aggressive, like super strong gorillas also. I don't know if it has anything to do with modification or anything, but there's also one about, um, I think it's the safari and it's like these two people and there's like these killer lions. They're like hunting down people. Oh God. Uh, it's a good film as well. But that game about the Congo and gorilla sounds really dope and they're modified. Uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't say they have to be human enemies, right? Yeah. So that sounds fucking cool. So is this kind of... Alternatively, I could just make this like, uh, what you want to call it? Uh, one of those cabanas hunting games or whatever they call are. The... I guess. You want to play like a simulator? It could be. I'm in Africa. I'm shooting. Maybe I'm a big game hunter. Maybe I'm hunting antelope, hunting trophies for my, for my so cabin. So what's the story? Cause I don't want a beefy story. I can be like, uh, who was like the dentist? Remember that people got mad at because he killed like a wildebeest. He paid like I don't know how many thousands of dollars to go on a hunt. So look, Andrew, we're am I a poacher? You're pitching this game. Okay. And the stats say we need some explosions. How are we gonna get these explosions <laughs> in, in here? Explosive rounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have. Okay, those are. What about my car chase? You know what. Cheetah, Cheetah's got the drop on us. Can we get back to the Jeep before the Cheetah gets to us? So we got to get to the Jeep. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's a chase. Yeah. And then somebody else is driving, and and you're supposed to be taking pot shots at the Cheetah as it gets closer and closer. I like closer. that. So it's a multiplayer game. It could be. Someone's like, you're driving. Well, you're shooting, and someone could be your spotter, like the person with the binoculars who like tells you, like, hey, like there's an elephant, like, you know, five clicks east or something like that. That's dope. So 
so it's most it's kind of a two player game, and we have different classes. I'm assuming. So you you're telling me I'm the sniper and then you're up close, right? I mean, I guess yeah, that could work. Maybe I don't know. I think that would have to be fleshed out a little bit more. How would classes work? Because I'm thinking like this isn't like a this isn't like left or dead where there's like waves of animals coming at you you know no i want it to be uh sort of like i hate to bring up this game but kind of like dino crisis you know why do you hate to bring up dino crisis because i love dino crisis and i hate talking about it all the time <laughs> okay but i want it to give me that that we're still going with gorillas right oh is it okay strictly gorillas like there's gonna be other animals but the the main thing are these like crazy ass gorillas okay I wanted to have that feel where you're kind of walking into like a uh, an, an abandoned like facility at, and then you hear something come in and it's kind of stalking you and uh-huh. you got to figure out where it's at. And it's like Jurassic Park. Remember the raptors when they're, in the when they're stalking the kids in the kitchen? Yeah. I want that feeling. Oh, God. So... Am I like trying to? Th- am I doing? Am I, am I like Ellie trying to throw cans and bricks to like distract it? Yeah. You could have some distractions. You could... Run, am I just trying away. to get away or am I ultimately trying to kill this gorilla to me this is a horror game this sounds like a horror game for me uh, okay some, some <laughs> he went from first person third person Africa poaching game to it just being about gorillas and now it's a horror game I think it should be a horror game I mean ultimately it's, it's your game you're pitching this but like that's what I would buy Resident Congo yeah for sure no that's not the real name I'm just guessing Silent. it's just called the Congo right the Congo the jungle. Just call it the jungle. The jungle. Okay. And then the sequel can be Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so what else do we have for this game? Uh, like, what's what's your objective? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. What's it? Is it like a story? How did I end up in this situation? How about... Did my plane crash in the Congo? I was going to say that. How about you're like a... Uh, a Navy SEAL and you're on a mission and then there's an accident and then you crash land either my squad got wiped out or I'm the only survivor of the crash oh so let's say you were supposed to assassinate like the scientist but you didn't know the scientist was doing all this shit that he was controlling all these these crazy like we were only debris we were, this was only supposed to be an extract and extraction mission we didn't know we weren't debris, like I'm, I'm like mad with the HQ and stuff like you didn't tell me there was genetic that's part of the plot yeah. You didn't tell me like, like what we're getting into. You didn't tell me that he had mind control gorillas at his disposal. <laughs> Did our whole squad's wiped out? I'm the only one left. And that's why you have a big ass team. I gotta bring in this intel or a doctor or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't want to bring in the doctor because it's bringing the doctor. It's gonna be like an escort game where I have to like it's like bringing Ashley with you in Brazil. He Resume. dies. It's cool. Just bring him and then he just dies. In the okay. So you gotta you got you're supposed to assassinate this dude. And there's like a specific extraction point that's already been predetermined. Where it's like, hey, if you're still alive out there, like maybe I can't, maybe they, they can't hear when I respond. Like, like if you're still alive out there, kind of like a reasonable one with Forrest where he's kind of like flying, or, or was it Vic? Uh, who's the guy who flies around? It's not Forrest. What's the other one's name? He's the guy who dies in three. Yeah, I forgot. Brad. It's Brad, yeah, it's Brad. So imagine there's like a version of that guy where like he's like, hey, I don't know if you can hear me, but like I only have enough fuel, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be in this area. If you can get there by this amount of time, then you know we're safe. If not, like I have to leave you. 
So like that's like the end goal, right? But it's like it's like super far away though because like I'm in like a densely forested area, so you can't just like land in the forest. Yeah, yeah. So it's the nearest like open clearing, but it's like between between me and the in the clearings like all these like boss creatures and stuff. Yeah, all these mutations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I like it. That's a good game too. Jung, it'll be the jungle and the sequel is. For some reason, I crash it again. <laughs> Another forest. <laughs> no, some... the guy escapes and then he starts. Oh, the guy actually survived. The scientist. Yeah, the guy survived. I mean, you don't know that at the time when you're playing the game. And then but the guy br- survives. And he brings his genetically modified creatures to the city. Is, well, is, welcome. Is it too soon for a part two to be in city? Well, it's because I'm just kind of playing with the idea like how Resident Evil works. Where you start off in the forest, the mansion, and then ends up in the city. What's the first the one's called The Jungle. The second one's called The Concrete Jungle. Yeah, sure. There you go. It's right, right itself. You know what we should have? Mm. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but uh, <laughs> never mind. So what do you think, John? Okay, so... No, it's a good pitch. I like that. Uh, either Konami or Capcom. Konami or... Why Konami? Because they do Silent Hill. I don't know. They can, they can do. I think they do horror better than Capcom does. That's a good point. But Capcom's much more action-shooty. Yeah, but Capcom makes things like uh, Metal Gear Survive. And things like Lost Planet. They don't even... They're kind of like nothing without Kojima. No? You mean Konami? Yeah. Okay. So I'd have yeah, to give it to, Cap- you're right, to you're Capcom. Right. Give it to Capcom. Give it to Capcom. Put the RE team on yeah, it. Yeah, they made Dino Crisis. So yeah, that makes sense. Make it with the RE engine. For extra crazy gorillas. Yeah. Maybe there's like a super gorilla that like stalks me too. Like I put him down and he gets back up again later. You put him down? So like so he just survives. Oh, so like a tyrant. Knock him out, yeah. Super gorilla. Finish okay. him off with the art with a rocket launcher at the end. It's basically Resident Evil with gorillas instead of zombies. <laughs> No, I I think this sounds like Resident Evil mixed with a little Metal Gear, cause you're like a, you're like a SEAL team or you're like Delta or something. Okay. So you got some. Am I using sort of Am I using tech. Kodak? Am I calling people for advice? Like who are you gonna call? Like I have like Mei Mei Ling and she tells me like don't look at them in the eyes. Gorillas get aggressive when they like get stared down. You hide in a instead of a box, it's a it's like a banana barrel or something. I think that'd be worse. It would just attract them. That's a good fucking point. <laughs> it's like, you know how Snake has like the crocodile outfit in Snake Eater? Mm-hmm. Like, can I, can I make a gorilla outfit to like blend in? Like, you know, like, oh, there's too many gorillas. Like, gotta switch to your gorilla <laughs> like skin. <laughs> just, like, um... Uh, the, I have to like walk on my knuckles and stuff. <laughs> like uh, Little Nightmares. Yeah, when you put on the helmet to pass yeah, off as a kid. The, the ceramic mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll put that's on this a, that's big, a super dope scene. I'll put it on this gorilla suit and like walk on my knuckles and just like, yeah. like just just walk casually, don't draw attention. And then like if you move too fast, you startle them and that gives you away instead of like it's an instant kill. Cause there's just too many of them. Hmm. That's my pitch. This is good. This is good. Capcom RE engine. Make the jungle happen, Capcom. Make the jungle happen. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our episode for the week. 
As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, maybe you want to know how long Johnny's hair is. Maybe you want to know how many colors can he actually see. Go ahead and ask those questions or hopefully video game related questions. Send all of those inquiries to DuoSense Podcast at Yahoo.com. Johnny, don't start with me. Yes, Yahoo.com. DuoSense Podcast at Yahoo.com. And if I get to read it in time, maybe I'll feature it on the next episode. Until then, stay safe. Look both ways before crossing the street. Take care, guys. Bye.